Welcome into the Monkey Business Show. I'm Aaron Hodges along with Richie Bennett. What's up, Richie? How are you? Hi, everybody. And Eric Salzman. Hey, Aaron. We got GameStop. We got Reddit. We got hedge funds. We got short squeezes. I've never watched uh, financial uh, programs on television, but last week I did, and I saw a lot of people on there saying this kind of thing has never happened ever. They've never seen anything like it with uh, Reddit investors getting into uh, hedge funds and really sticking it to them. So this story has everything. Where do we start, guys? Let's start with what is the concept of a short? How do you short a stock and how did that really mess up these hedge funds? Well, um, so the way you short a stock is, so you're betting on the stock to go down. So let's say the stock is trading at $100 today and I'm going to short sell that stock. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to first, and I have to, I have to what's called locate. I have to locate a, a stock to borrow. I'm going to borrow the stock. And if you're a hedge fund, you usually have a pro, what's called a prime broker who's like, let's say Goldman Sachs is your prime broker. So you say, hey, I want to short XYZ stock, um, and I need, to, I need to borrow it so I can deliver the stock, right? So... I borrow the stock from Goldman Sachs, locates the stock for me. I borrow it and I sell it at $100. Two days later, T plus two, it's trade day plus two. I have to be able to put that, deliver that stock to whoever I sold it to. And they give me the money, the $100, let's say, that, that and I get, and I basically put that money with the guy that I borrowed. So that becomes the collateral. It's, I'm, it's a stock borrow. I'm borrowing the stock. So I don't own it. I'm borrowing it. And I put my money with the, uh, with, with the guy who lent it to me. That's the collateral. And if the stock goes down a week from now to 95, now all I ha- now as a short seller, I buy the stock at 95. Um, and I deliver the stock back to the guy I borrowed it from. And at the end of the day, if you look at the transaction, when it all washes out, I bought the stock at 95. I sold it at 100. I win. Now, if it goes the other way, and this is the this is what we um, the, the pain of being a short seller <laughs> is that the most you can make is this XYZ stock goes from 100 to zero. But XYZ stock could theoretically go from 100 to 1,000. And as we saw last week, it's not theoretical, like it really can happen. <laughs> and so what happens is you start getting, you know, you start getting margin call. You, you essentially start getting, you know, the, the guy who blinched the stock may want the stock back. And then you have to go into the market and, and buy it to deliver it to him. Or if you want to get out of your position and you're getting killed, like what happened to a lot of these guys um, a couple of weeks ago and last week is you need to you need to buy it. You need to cover your position. So if you if you sold it at a hundred, and the stock's at one eighty right now, and it's going higher, and you got to get out, you have to buy the stock at one eighty, and you take an you take an eighty dollar loss. So you bought it at one eighty, you sold it at a hundred. Is every transaction different in terms of how long you have to deliver the stocks back to the person you bought or borrowed them from? Yeah, they have the um, usually the people who lend you the stock. It's a big business, stock loan. Uh, they can what's called buy you in. They can they can demand their stock back at any at any time. Oh wow, yeah, it doesn't happen often, but mm-hmm. th- it happened in last week for sure. You yeah. can certainly force somebody's hand that way. Oh yeah. Absolutely. There's another aspect too to this short squeezing idea. A lot of the guys, the little guys, the Reddit guys that we'll get into in a second. They bought call options, a lot of them. And what a call option does is it allows, it gives you the right to buy a stock at a certain price at a future date. So if I have a stock that's trading at $5 and I buy a call option at $10 for a month, let's say it expires in a month. And that option might be worth, a dollar. Let's just put it that way. So I pay a buck for the right to buy the stock at 10 in any time within this month. 
right? I said it was a month. Options can go out years if you want. You pay, you pay a lot more, but so a lot of these guys were doing those short-term one-month trades. And if the stock doesn't move, you lose your buck. If the stock goes to 11, you break even. If you, because you paid a dollar for the right to buy it at 10. Now in the interim, the option price has moved though. So if, if I have this option, I buy today for a month from now at a buck and it's a $5 stock and the stock goes to six tomorrow, guess what? That thing might be worth a buck 50, those options. Could be worth two bucks, depending. Every time somebody buys a call option, they get it from somebody, right? They get it from a market maker. Somebody's selling them their call. The trading desk that sells that call option has to hedge themselves. Now, they can do it with, with options, but a lot of times what they do is they figure out how much the price of the option will move based on the stock price going forward. So what they'll do to hedge is buy the stock. So what was going on here was a zillion of these kids and and big adults who happen to be on Reddit and big hedge funds who happen to be buying. And we'll get into that in a second. Yeah. Forced the dealer, not even the guy like you bought that option. You just go away. Right. You're like, hey, I got my option. I'm ready to watch it go up. Well, in the meantime, that dealer who sold you that option is out there buying the stock. So that's also driving. That's what that's why it was such an historic event, because. What Eric talked about exactly happened. Guys were getting bought in. And then this other phenomenon of people hedging just because so many call options were being sold, they drove it up. So it was like a a confluence of things, right? It was like a big, you know, 100-year example or something. And if you if you think about our first show, what what did we talk about? The first, the, the demo show, we talked all about Robinhood. We talked about option trading, remember? And we said... A lot of the reason, the main reason the kids get on Robinhood is because they could trade options without any, like, you basically sign up, you're allowed to trade options. And on the other platforms, you, you can't. You know, and, and Schwab there is used to be. Restricted. I remember, like, going back, like, there used to be such strict rules at these brokers. I remember being in the business, right? I'm in the business. I'm, I'm doing bonds, but I'm not doing. And like, I went to like Vanguard, and I was like, "Yo, I want to trade options." This is like 25 years ago. All these questions: How how often have you traded options? What is your experience <laughs> in options? And I'm like, "Guy, I, you know what I do for a living? Like, come on, okay, it's a stock. I, I I trade derivative bonds, but it was a struggle. It was like, you know, yeah. They were like, uh, "We'll get back to you." They put a governor so on you. Yeah. Like these kids can't be buying these call options. They're like 21 years old, sitting in their mom, 18 years old, sitting in their mom's basement. The head guy, right? He's got the bandana on. He is sitting in his mom's basement. And that's not even a joke. The thing is, is that they they downloaded, like, I think they said last week, Robinhood had their app was downloaded from new, new, now that doesn't say they put money in the account, but 600,000 downloads last week. Just last week. Because the... The, the the retail guys I want I want to do this I I, I want to trade options now I want to, I want to, you know and I want to buy I want to buy calls on GameStop and they know that well the easiest way to trade calls on GameStop is to get your Robinhood account and get on there and buy calls right now again you we we flipped everything on its head where these are the these are the riskiest trades for these guys for these guys to do I I mean selling options is a lot more risky than buying options but. You know, it's we call it. It's an it's Adult Swim, you, you, and they're letting the they were letting kids just boom. You you sign up on Robinhood, you got you you, uh, you you trade options. And as we know, the reason why Robinhood allows people to trade options so easily before all this happened. Remember our first the demo episode is because they get paid a lot of money to send that option flow to. Citadel and Susquehanna and Virtu. Well, Virtu doesn't do options. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, other guys, Two Sigma. But I did a little homework. Uh, so this is the third quarter of 2020. Not even the fourth quarter, which is bigger. They just haven't, those numbers haven't come out yet. Robinhood got paid $138 million just on option flow. So when they, when they, when they routed, they sold those, that payment for order flow to the, to, to Citadel and Wolverine. They got paid 
$138 million. This is why they came out last summer and said, and changed the whole industry when they said, you don't have to pay a commission. You don't have to pay a commission to trade with us. Zero. And it forced the other guys like Schwab, TD Ameritrade, everybody had to come to zero. Right. So they, they, they all dropped it. So you sit there as a, you know, most people don't care, right? They're like, it's free. It's great. I don't care how they make money. But you have to sit there when you do this and you got to go, well, hold up. This isn't a charity event, right? They're making money somehow. How is it? And it's exactly what Eric said. Richie, Just tell them, uh, tell them who, um, who, who, who came up with pay the payment for order flow. <laughs> the king himself sitting in a nice eight by 12 cell right now, Mr. Bernard Madoff. He's the one of the first guys that used pay for order flow. Yeah. Think about that with his with his pyramid <laughs> scheme. I thought he was out. Why, why, why did I think that he no, got out he, of jail? Yeah, yeah. Never. If he steps out of that place, I guarantee you, like five different people will kill him. <laughs> five, like you wouldn't even be able to know. Like, like that was a that was I forget who it was. Oh, it was Hoffa, right? I think it was Hoffa yeah. where they said that. They're like, we can't come up with a suspect. There were 50 guys who wanted to kill him. We don't know. Could have been any of them. Right. So you guys think that there will be any kind of regulations or pullback on the short sales? Because I think one of the things that that I gathered from all this is that one of the reasons that people were able to exploit GameStop is that you're able to see that it was shorted more than the stock existed, right? Right. Right. And that's a pretty, you know, I, I... I've gone through a few t- people that, and there's only a few people who can really tell you how something gets, you know, hundred you know, at 140% of the outstanding, we call it the float. That means that the stock that's actually out there to trade. And a lot of it is, you know, because what, you have to, you have to be able to locate a stock to sell it. You have to be able to say, I located it there. My prime broker has it and I'm going to be able to deliver the stock. Because otherwise, what you have, and this is this is what this happened in two thousand eight, and this happened, you know, back before uh, the SEC came up, it came came to be in nineteen thirty three, I think. Uh, naked short sales, where I have no intention of ever getting the stock to to the person I sold it to. I just throw a blo- I want to drive the stock down, so I'm a big guy. I'm just going to be like sell a thousand, sell another thousand, sell it, and you don't have the stock. And your your intention is that you're going to drive that stock down twenty points, and you're going to buy it back, and then you're going to you get, that's how you'll deliver the stock into all the guys you sold it to. So that obviously is a, is a destructive practice, and so the rule is you have to be able to show that you located the stock, and you're going to deliver it. You've bought, you're going to borrow it and deliver it. And I think what happens right is that you it, when you have multiple people doing it, the guys who say they're going to deliver it, you know, who have it and to deliver it. Overlend essentially, they're they're almost going to fail to whoever, and it it, it I, I don't know how it continues as long as it has. Um, looking a little have to do a little more research on that, but but yeah, Aaron, to your point, um, this stock was listed. Everyone knew anyone who wanted to know knew that this stock was the most shorted stock, and um, certainly on the New York Stock Exchange or any of the other exchanges. This was the most shorted stock on the planet before all this happened. And and the journalists who wanted to see this continue because it was fun, I guess, quickly pointed out in the coming days after this thing went haywire. Hey, here's a list of the top 10 most shorted stocks in the whole globe. And guess what happened to those? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like Whoa. everybody. Right. So like AMC, Blackberry, all these names that you've heard. GameStop was the biggest. But all these other names is the same thing because they posted that article right on Reddit and everybody went to town. Oh, let's do the same thing here. I'll tell you what, it got me involved. I threw my little pebble at Goliath. There you go. I think <laughs> what will happen is um, because we had talked about this earlier, for those of you who are big followers and know this, uh, with our crystal ball in October and November, <laughs> um, we said that the funny thing about Robin Hood was – they keep wanting to expand in Europe and Asia, but their business line is this pay for order flow, right. which is illegal in Europe and Asia for a reason. So I think what could happen in this country is the gang could get together and be like, okay, this pay for order flow. No, no more. No more. And that won't just affect Robin Hood because I, I saw the list of the biggest guys who are 
getting this pay-for-order flow. And Robinhood is second. Charles Schwab is first. Morgan Stanley is on that list. Susquehanna is on that list, right? So it's a big business amongst a lot of guys. Can you imagine being, as an aside, like the Schwab guys? You're sitting there, like, making a nice business. Last summer, Robin Hood, this Robin Hood comes along. Drops commissions, right? And and then you're like, shit, we got to drop our commission because they're going to steal our business. Then they screw this thing up royally. And now Schwab might be like the worst, get the worst end of the deal on the whole end. Like if they, it's, it's like, I think the number was like a billion five or something. Yeah. Cause they bought, they bought TD Ameritrade. Yeah. Schwab, Schwab actually, when we were first looking at this, Schwab actually got paid the least. Like they, their order flow was the, 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 um, the, the Citadels of the world paid Schwab the least um, for stocks and I think for options. Um, but TD Ameritrade was always number one for options and second, I think second in, in stocks. Um, so when they merged together, yeah, now they're this behemoth that, you know, but, but, but the thing about Robinhood is, you know, still, I, I think when you put those two together, Robinhood is half their size and they're pretty close dollar for dollar on what they, what they get paid. So, um, and you remember also that uh, E-Trade is also a big, big player. Um, they were purchased by Morgan Stanley, and that that and that's why Morgan Stanley yeah. is on the list, yeah. right? So, or sorry, yeah, you're, good point. So you're talking about a lot of money uh, that gets sent to our, our lovely congressmen and women uh, in D.C. So I don't know if there's going to be. I mean, I think it's funny. Like the the, the Congress, they, they immediately starts they start calling for hearings on something they know nothing about. Nothing like, and, and and I don't blame them. Like most people don't know a lot about payment for order flow. And they just saw that Robin hood um, would not allow their customers to, to buy certain stocks. And they immediately drew the conclusion that they were doing that because Citadel and point 72, Steve Cohen um, were basically influencing things and, and, and having, and, and having Robin hood shut this down when the reality was that um, the, the, and this is, we always talk about this, uh, Richie and I, there's certain things in finance that the public, if the public has to hear about it, it's bad. Like you don't ever want to hear about the depository trust clearing corporation. I do. Right. That, <laughs> that the plumbing that when you have to hear about the plumbing in the system of what actually makes it go, something bad's happened. It's like an offensive lineman, right? If you don't hear his name called during the game, he probably did a good job. You know, when you hear about him, he's, he's, he's screwing up. Yeah. So what the DTCC does is they, they make sure that trades settle and stock trades settle two days from trade. So if you trade on a Monday and there's no, there's no holiday on Tuesday or Wednesday, trade settles on Wednesday. You don't necessarily have to have the cash in your account when you make that trade, if you're buying a stock, the broker essentially puts up, it's, he's putting up margin for you with the DTC that when a, if some, for some reason that guy dies, croaks, whatever, the money's going to be there. And this trade is going to settle because if trades don't settle in the, on the DTC and the clearing corporations, that, that becomes almost a too big to fail issue that all of a sudden you get a cascading of failures and, and that would be, that would be catastrophic. So when all of these stocks started being purchased by and Robinhood being number one and very concentrated in these buys of these stocks that have just gone up over a thousand percent, the DTC said, well, what about all the buys that are supposed to settle in two days at 400 for GameStop? What if the GameStop goes to a hundred? And these guys go away. Who's good? Are you? You guys need to post up another three billion dollars. They got a the, the heads of Robinhood got a call at three o'clock in the morning last week, and they, they were told um, you guys got to come up with three billion. Uh, yeah, this guy in the journal. Not to interrupt, but sure, he put it best. I don't forget. I forget the guy's name, but it was it was hysterical because he was talking about uh, margin. So you don't also have to buy stock. With your own cash, you can borrow from the brokerage firm. Now, you pay for that, right? There's an interest rate involved, just like any borrowing. But a lot of guys were also on margin 
at Robinhood. So, for example, the say the stock was at, when it was at four hundred bucks, and you paid for a hundred shares. So that's forty thousand dollars, and you put up twenty thousand of your own money, and you borrowed twenty thousand from Robinhood. Well, guess what? It, it and this happened, right? It goes down to one hundred and twenty-five bucks, or one hundred twenty bucks, something like that. Yeah. So now you had forty thousand, but you borrowed twenty. The account that you're sitting in now says twelve thousand. So the line of the week, I thought, was the guy says now Robinhood has to go back to the guy who has the tag of you thick girls PM me and get a plan out of his ass. Good luck. Right. Because he has no idea what he's doing. And he's like, what do you mean? I owe you eight grand. I, I only had 20 in my account. Yeah. Did you borrowed the other 20. And that's what the DTCC that Eric's talking about was afraid of. So they were like, we're not chasing you thick girls PM me. You are. But first, Robin Hood, you're going to give us the money so we don't cause a fail everywhere. If it had gone down that one day more, I bet they would have been in trouble. Well, I can't, was it Wednesday? I think it was Wednesday. When yeah, all Wednesday. Came across, when, when something happens important on Bloomberg, you get a big red, you know, you get a big red you know, banner. It said, Robin Hood raises a billion dollars in new capital. <laughs> we're like, and I'm oh. like, oh, fuck. Like these guys are like they they're gonna fail and yeah. they're not gonna fail because these other guys have invested so much money in them that they're not gonna you can't let them fail too big to fail so, too and and they ended up they, oh geez look at that I'm getting hit on I'm getting hit on GameStop um, uh, Robinhood um, had to had to come up with the they they they're, they're, so their old investors came in. And they ended up having to raise, I think it was two point four billion dollars. And the the terms are not the terms are very favorable to the guys who put up the two point four additional billion. They also, I think, what's even scarier was they were tapping. All of a sudden, Robinhood's tapping that because they have they have bank lines. They have lines to I think Goldman Sachs and J.P. Morgan both um, have lines of credit uh, lines for them if they need them. And so they tap like half a billion dollars from those lines. And you know, we started thinking, holy shit, like, and, and the, what Richie's talking about, the margin, that's the first thing I thought of. When I saw they needed a billion, I'm like, oh, fuck. Because remember, remember the show, I think it was a couple of shows ago, and we talked about how margin lending is, the, is at its all-time high. And Richie said, and we said, really bad things happen when stuff when that when you see that. Well, I didn't know what the how much Robinhood's guys have out on margin, but... It could have been a point where they were looking at them like, "Hey, these guys can go upside down pretty fast." Like if they, yeah. if all these I, stocks, I'm rock, shocked they raised that kind of money that quick. I, I was surprised. Yeah, but, I, I wonder. Like I that's a, I, that was like a decision in a couple hours that their investors decided, "Okay, we're going to save the ship." Here's yeah. two point four billion dollars. Yeah, and the conditions though that they the, that new capital was called the, it's a convertible note, and essentially. The note says that if Robinhood's IPO, which is still going to try to do and probably will do, um, comes out above thirty billion dollars, that's the valuation. When it comes out at IPO, we buy it at thirty billion, or we buy at a thirty percent discount of wherever it comes out. So if it comes out, you know, at ten, they get it at seven. So the the, the famous guys Vlad and the other guy that run uh, Robinhood, they became less rich that day. They thought they became very rich that day because there were so many trades going through. Mm-hmm. But they actually gave up a lot of their company to save themselves. And yeah. that's why. So when AOC comes out and demands an investigation and Ted Cruz agrees with her, which was awesome, right? They finally agreed on something that Robin Hood was stealing from the from the man, the, the little guy. Like, the man is trying to stop us. You never make hedge funds you know, stop trading. And oh, yes, you do. Yes, you do. Because Eric and I have seen this math in the past. I was waiting for that, too, because we used to always joke. And it was not a joke for some, but we would be like, okay, 20, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, (laughs) talking about the Bloomberg red light, you know, with the headline. Anytime some firm came out and said, we have sufficient funds, it was like, they're done. They're done. Because why would you say that, bro? Why would you say like like the stock is dropping? They're like, we have sufficient funds to operate. I was waiting 
for Robin Hood to say that. Like I was, I was actually waiting. I was like, these guys are going to be done. Like, like this is bad. But and that's why, that's why they stopped because they want to save their own asses. And they weren't making money on the GameStop move. They were just making money on volume. But they were like, we're done if we don't raise this money and stop these clowns from buying shit. I mean, unless you really know, I, I, I don't think there's a lot of people out there that really saw. I mean, there was. I remember seeing on the news, like, this, this is a sign of strength. Like, no, it's, it's not a sign of strength. Like, you don't <laughs> want to be... You don't want to be going out with hat in hand, you know, basically like the deal that they that they got from their investors was was pretty similar to the deal that Warren Buffett made with with Goldman Sachs in 2008, where he got a, just an incredible deal. He, you know, he put five billion dollars into Goldman. I think he also did with GE, right, Richie? Yeah. Did, yeah. And he got you know the same thing where he, you know, great, great option on the stock of the stock. And the, of course, the stock went up and, 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 and Buffett made a fortune. In no way, Goldman Sachs has given a deal like that to anybody unless, unless they were. Indeed, unless they need it. So, yeah. um, but again, it, it, the the great you know irony of this whole thing, and there's a lot of irony all around. One of the top is top ironies is that, I mean, while it's almost like this this Frankenstein monster that was created by Robin Hood, you know, the retail investor being able to, you know trade for quote for free and open up these accounts and to buy fractional shares and to be able to trade options and all this other stuff all of a sudden was at the same time it was putting money in their pocket was actually working to ruin them. And then when they come out and say, look, we can't, (laughs) we can't, you can't buy these 10 stocks and you know, Portnoy gets up a barstool and goes, like they, I think he said, let's let's burn Robin Hood to the ground. They're done, and so a lot of their customers are all of a sudden going, "Hey, you, you, you fucked us at a time when we, you know you fucked me. I I wanted to buy and I couldn't buy. I know people whose accounts got re- frozen, restricted, whether they wanted to buy or sell. All kinds of bad things were happening to the Robin Hood customer when this was happening. So they. I remember the, the the value of Robinhood is that they bring all these people onto the platform, millions and millions of people, and they trade product that gets paid. A lot of money gets paid for that um, in, the, in the form of payment for order flow. Well, what happens if half those people say, fuck you, Robinhood, you know, I'm going away. You fuck me. They, they actually did. They, they did post some other uh, on that Reddit they posted other similar like startups to Robinhood, but the, the the truth of the matter is, if it keeps going on like this, it will always be the same thing. It's just they picked on Robinhood because they were the biggest ones. But I guarantee you, there are many many brokers that, that that restricted trading in GameStop for the same reasons. So I mean, what's the what's the fallout? How does the the market and hedge funds react to this? And are they going to make sure that they're not vulnerable to being squeezed like this again? Well, yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, let, let's get into that because, um, you know, there's a lot and, and there's that there's additional irony there um, that, uh, you know, I, I was telling Aaron before we went on, Richie, about, you know, basically how how Wall Street, how professionals would would group together certain certain uh, customers, certain customer types. So hedge funds, fast money, that's what we used to call them, fast money, sharp guys. Not only because they're sharp, but also they're in and out quicker and stuff. But you you have a lot of respect generally for hedge funds. Generally, they may know more than you do as a trader if you're sitting at a at an institutional firm like Citibank or something like that. And then you've got um, then you got real money, right? It's real money. Those are um, you know asset managers, big time. You know J.P. Morgan Asset Management, Pimco, BlackRock. And they probably know more than you do as well. And on top of that, they're gigantic. So they, they can, they can run you over. You know, they, you could be, they could ask you to offer, you know, a hundred or something and you offer it. And meanwhile, they've asked another 10 of your best friends to offer the same hundred. And before you know it, you can't get back what you sold. So they're dangerous and that they, you have to work and you can't make a lot of money off those guys. You gotta, you know, you gotta work pretty thin and, We'll skip a couple levels, but then at the bottom, the bottom is retail. Retail is like, uh, uh, the only thing I think of is, well, retail is called dumb money. 
slow moving deer. Um, you know, they are, they're the, they're the blonde bimbo that, you know, that you could, you know, take to bed, screw over the next morning, kick her out of bed or kick him out of bed. Let's not be, um, I get trouble with this. Uh, I'm just using this as an analogy. I have a head for business and a pod for sin. And the next day, you know what? They're right back in again. That's how the pros, that's how hedge funds, that's how the dealers feel about retail. Very little regard for retail. And this, this, that argument also fueled a lot of this Reddit stuff, right? Because right. guys were posting those very statements on the Reddit, the retail guys. They think we're shit. Watch this. You know, we'll yeah. run them over, right? So, and, and that, that's what happened. It was like a big barnstorm, like, let's get the man. Let's get the man, right? The man is keeping us down. That's why I got and, my two AMC shares, man. <laughs> exactly. Or or call options. Well, <laughs> AMC, so it's funny. So AMC was, um, I think this is more luck than uh, than skill, but uh, I can't remember the name of the hedge fund, but they own convertible bonds. They, own, they owned, they owned oh, yeah. bonds on AMC that had, oh, you could, you know, and with an option to buy at a, a set price, let's say 20 I, and and, uh, you know, they're sitting there and all of a sudden AMC gets driven to the moon by the Reddit guys. And all of a sudden, they I think they made uh, $110 million. And exactly. <laughs> and and there was a guy, they had an article today, and he talked to the press. A lot of these hedge funds won't talk to the press. This company called Senfest. Yep. Senvest. Canadian, I think, out of Canada. Hedge fund. The guy laid out exactly. He wasn't trying to squeeze anybody. He was like, listen, the stock was at like eight bucks, 10 bucks. Then that guy from Chewy.com came in and we kind of liked the story. So we bought 5% of the company. They made $700 million. Crazy. $700 million. And And, and it was all legit. It wasn't like he was trying to steal. So it wasn't just the little guy who was making money here. This guy was like, you know, okay, all right, I can see where. And then all of a sudden it just took off. And he was like, okay, this is good. Right. Yeah, but, that yeah. that narrative really took over. Yeah, but he was like he I think that guy thought the stock would go from 10 to 20. Right. Yeah. Right. And he just double his money and he'd be like, "Hey, we got a nice piece of change here and we bought 5% of the company and good 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 stock picking, guys." So yesterday, uh Ryan Cohen, that's the Chewy guy, he gets his board seat now on GameStop and he brings in he, he, I think he was I think he brought in the chief engineer of Amazon Web Services. Uh, he and two other tech heavy hitters, people who actually do things like not you know not the Steve Jobs of the world, like the people who actually know how to put shit together. And he's gonna uh, you know they they think they GameStop is now gonna finally they're gonna get rid of the brick and mortar business and they're gonna go into the the online game distribution business. Yep. And they obviously have a lot of the pieces in place. And this company, but that's why these guys bought in way before all this happened. They're like, all right, I I, I see this happening. You know, there's steam and there's another company and then you know why can't gamestop come in that's a you know that's that's a that's a big big business um and the and also the, the data on, on your users you can collect i mean it's a it's a gold mine and it's and it is a, is a pretty high barrier for entry and gamestop has a is over a lot of those barriers so um it's trading at 70 dollars right now GameStop. by the way gamestop yeah so what do you do now that it's at 70 and with all this hype what's the move now I just bought some at seventy two, I guess, because I put a, <laughs> I put, a, I put a bid in at seventy two, and it was trading around eighty eight today, and and now it's at. Uh, I think 70. it's um, you know, it's hard to say what what'll shake. I think a lot of the guys who were squeezed are probably out. Right? They they probably bailed. Like the the Melvin Capital guy lost fifty three percent of his hedge fund in January, so yeah. and and stated to the world, I'm out. Like I gave up. Out of GameStop um, think, or out of the game altogether? Yeah, he's out of the game. Well, GameStop, he got, I mean, he... Uh, God, he got some money from his investors, too. Yeah, and I mean, if you look at the guys on the other... And that's why we just got to go back to this, is that these guys just had no respect for the market, for certainly not the retail investor. They could get together, rise up, and do something like this. But, you know, you got guys like... you see. First of all, what I think the best thing that can come out of this is that you may never see maybe Jim Chanos, he's a famous short seller, but you're not going to see guys getting out there anymore and saying, 
hey, this stock sucks and we're shorted because, you know, now you're announcing to the world that, hey, I'm short. Come and get and, me. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, that maybe that stops because we'd see that all the time. Guys get on, they get on the, you know, icon, all those guys. They get on the, they get on CNBC and they they've already done the trade and then they announce, I'm short. Yeah, and it's like, okay, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a me too and jump on icons trade. And you end up right. making his trade happen. Right. So maybe that separates finally the guys who do. Now there's like the one guy who got who's fighting with the Reddit guys and they're having that that pitched battle and they've thrown shit back and forth at each other was uh, Citron Research and Citron. The other ones who came out and said, you know, GameStop sucks. We you know we got a price target of five or something like that. Where we're, and we're shorted, and that that just got they got the Reddit guys going. But a that's stupid. I don't think you'll see guys doing that again. Um, apparently Melvin, who's a lot smarter, they were short, but they normally, I was telling Aaron before the show, if they're going to, they're going to use derivatives to, to make money when the stock goes down, they do that stuff. And because they're big, they do that stuff with the street direct. Like they'll, they'll call up three equity derivative desks on the street and they'll say, Hey, I want to you know short this name, uh, you know, basically synthetically create a put option that you would buy on the exchange. I want to do it with you over the counter. I want to do that. That's called over the counter as opposed to the exchange. And I do that because um, I don't want people to know that I'm dead, but apparently they bought some puts on the exchange and through some public disclosures came out that they were short. And those, yeah, when the smart guys see these guys, you know, that's a, that's a big ass fun. He doesn't play in, you know, he's not playing in onesies and twosies. He's that, that that's big. Uh, so you start putting all of the math together and all the signs together. And these guys were just set up for, 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 to get squeezed. And the fact that Steve Cohen and, and Ken Griffin came in and gave Melvin an additional two and three quarter million billion, like while this was going on and then Cohen should be in jail by the way, but Cohen who now owns the Mets is, is fighting with Dave Portnoy. He's having a Twitter battle with Portnoy, you know, and and, and these guys got clobbered. Like Steve Cohen never wanted to have to raise another dollar again. He's got it's basically his family office is called. It's point seventy two is what it's called, and he's billions and billions. He actually opened his fund for for new investors. I wonder why, because he got killed in this thing. So smart guys, supposedly really smart guys. Just got themselves, you know, head over ass on this thing and, and, and got and got slaughtered. I think it'll still go on. People are going to short stocks. They're oh, going to figure sure. out ways to short stocks forever. It'll just be less, um, like Eric said, it'll be less bragging, less, more quiet. And there's still money. I guarantee you, right? The last the last week, there's been guys shorting a lot of GameStop stock. Sure, they're yeah. making money. Yeah, um, they are. They are today, right? Yeah. Right, because it's down quite a bit. I think that's kind of where I get stuck too, because you know you're talking about guys like Icon and whoever announcing their shorts. Um, isn't that in a way manipulation itself? Sure. Where you where you you know your whole position is that you're betting against the company, and now you're telling other people to bet right. against this company. Yeah, right. they have their they have their research group, right, or, or pay some research group to put out a. 200 page document explaining why the stock is shitty. Right. Right. So that, so they've already done the trade. Like Eric said, now they come out with this research. Look, look, this highly esteemed wall street firm, XYZ research. Look, look what they wrote. They wrote. It's horrible in many ways. The guys at Senvest, the one that I just talked about that made the money on GameStop, you know, for right reasons. He was like buying it at $10 or whatever because he thought it could live. He went to a guy and they did the opposite. So he went to a research guy who put out a paper that said, no, 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 no. This is one of our best ideas. So he was pushing it up. Right. Right. And then, and then of course, when they asked him about that, he said, no, no, they, they, they do independent research. Yeah. yeah he called yeah, the guy out and was guy. like, oh, bro, this is a good stock. Let's get on. But it was just, I mean, the way, if you think of all the people that got involved in this thing from – AOC to Ted Cruz to um, uh, Yellen. <laughs> Yellen. Uh, I just so, so I, I'm trying to think. Um, 
who else? Oh, Elon Musk is in there tweeting, go games. What does he go? Go games, you know, and it, I mean, he's egging it on. And it's just like it became this phenomenon. And uh, I mean, I can't wait. I mean, I cannot wait for the hearings. I can't wait for the congressional hearings. And remember, we this brings us back, though, to the point again, the first show that we had. And honestly, one of the reasons we had that show is because we're looking at what Robin Hood is and what they're doing. And we're like, these guys are fucking criminals. And what's what's would make and actually I have to give Tenya credit because I look at him and how he's interviewed. I'm starting to like him. Like, oh yeah, this guy is trying to democratize. Like these guys are the greatest salesmen I've seen in a long time. They are just they they truly act like they are on their their client's side. That and it doesn't matter. The, the the app can go down a million times. You know their their users can kill themselves off of bad you know bad customer statements. Um, it, you know people have their their accounts get looted. Their accounts get hacked. There's no one to talk to, and and they're making money hand over fist, putting people into positions. And and again, it, it just makes it worse now, right? Because everybody got in again, and they bought those calls. They bought those options, and they won again. And eventually, it's just not going to end up well. It's going to end up pretty bad. And these guys have just, and they've done it for the for the pure purpose of making money, nothing else. No fucking democratizing anything. They are there because they built the perfect mousetrap to make the most money they can off of their clientele. What they don't, what they don't publicize either. And somebody did one study. But they keep that on the down low because they don't the, the whole of Wall Street doesn't want people to know this. But it's something like it, it depends on the, the maturity of your option. But like, let's pick a number. It's like a month and in. OK, you buy an app option that expires between now and one month. You have you have to act on that between now and one month. It's like 90 percent of those things. You lose all your money. Like all of it, like everything, like everything you put in. And like these kids and these people that are not kids who watch this phenomenon called GameStop, they might be real addicts now, right? Like they might be like, man, this is great. And the only reason you, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, many of these Robin Hood guys, customers are sitting there going, yeah, dude, if they didn't close us down, bro, this stock would be at a thousand right now. They fucked this up. Right. That stock is at 70 because Robin Hood is a bunch of thieves. Is there no truth right? to that, though? Saying. Is there no truth to that, though? No. I, I don't think so because why, why wouldn't you do it now? What, what's going on? Somebody's selling, right? Somebody's selling. Like, if these guys yeah. on Reddit are still trying to buy this thing, it ain't working, right? Like, they couldn't. I mean, again, it's like, and this is what I think also made it um, made it so controversial was, all right, if you're going to tell – now. Hey, if you want to come out and freeze, we're not making we're not making more we're not making markets on these ten on these ten stocks. We're not selling. We're not buying. Done. Like these stocks are are it can happen. Like nobody's going to trade these stocks on any on any exchange. This isn't going to happen. All right, because maybe there's a problem. But to say you can't buy, but anybody could sell, <laughs> and the only way you can buy is to cover a short. I mean, you 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 talk about the ultimate manipulation in a stock, and that's where. And again, now now we have to let's get to the conspiracy. That I don't know what the DTC DTCC used to come up with that number, right? To come up with you you got it. Like they asked, they told them they needed three billion, and the number magically dropped to like a billion, like in a couple hours. And like we used to do with guys, you be trading, and like you know, guy, guy gives you try, guy tries to pick you off, and uh, you know he'll, he'll say, "Hey, uh, you know, I'll, I'll do that for a hundred, a hundred. Okay, I, I'm looking more at ninety. Okay, we'll do ninety-two. Like, what happened to a hundred? Like, he <laughs> thought I was a fucking idiot, right? And so, if I if I'm a conspiracy theorist and I want to say that they wanted to shut this thing down and they wanted to be able to cover their short positions, the DTCC. The guy who runs it, he's ex-Morgan Stanley, the head of risk management at 
who would have made these numbers at D, the DTCC, he's ex Merrill Lynch. Now they've been they've been gone from both those companies for a decade, but those guys are street guys. So who the hell knows what went on there? So you know, you, do you understand what I'm saying, Aaron? Like, does that make sense? Not really. When they made a margin call on on Robinhood, when they said you got to come up with three billion dollars or even a billion. Robinhood knew they could not, they could not have more of their customers buying these stocks because the more, or buying calls because the more they did it, the bigger the call. The DTC was just going to ask for more money, right? So, so they had to stop. That's why they had to so, stop the trading, right? So we're what? all we're all very, um, you know, just taking it for granted that the DTCC is 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 on is on is on the level. I look into that. Where, where did you come up with this? How did you come up with three billion and you ended up with a billion? Like, what, what happened in the few hours between three and one? I don't know, but they they got what they wanted at least at least for a couple of days. So this is the working right. conspiracy theory. But but again, right? You you could say that that definitely stalled people, but those restrictions are lifted now, right? You yep. can buy as many you can buy as many GameStop stock and calls on Robinhood right now. Yeah. Now, will they do it again if it went out of haywire? Possibly. Hey, and it's but. it's at sixty eight now, so I'd appreciate if you do buy some. If you guys can get on, <laughs> it's on the Reddit website. Uh, it's not looking good for you so far today, Eric. Yeah, yeah. This was more fun money, right? I wanna- <laughs> yeah, I got you. Well, all right. I mean, those are, that's what's going on with with GameStop and and Reddit and the hedge funds and all that stuff. Let's get into some real meat and potatoes stuff. What's going on outside of all that stuff in the market? And let's get some Richie's picks. Yeah, well, it, in the in the side, only a couple of those days when it was really crazy with the GameStop, you saw regular stocks outside of them. You know, GameStop's flying high, and regular stocks are going down. And there was a big rumor that you know a lot of these guys that were caught short, and they needed to raise tons of money, they sold their winners, right? So you saw like Apple fall, you saw Microsoft fall, you saw Facebook. Yes and no, I think. Yeah, maybe. But then now, you know, those people that believe that could say, okay, look, GameStop is down. Look what's happened to the market because this week the market's actually done very well, very well. Like, and I think there's more fundamentals to that whereby, um, you know, it looks like there might be a, a deal on a, on a stimulus package. You know, both sides seem to be somewhat talking. And if not, I guess they'll use this reconciliation or whatever and jam it through if they can, the Democrats. So that, that tends to bring people happiness, right? Cause they're going to be like, okay, the economy is going to recover. Good news a lot on this vaccine stuff, right? It, yeah. It's not getting the final mile. Great, but it's, they're working on it. And they're getting people, you know, they said for the first time the other day, more people got vaccinated than got diagnosed with 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 the disease. So that's good. Those things go what the way it's working so far is um, people seem to be optimistic about, you know, six to nine months down the line. Um, I will caution that February in the first term of a new president is the worst month, the first February is the worst month historically in stocks for a the first term of a president. Why so that, that we is? are in that right now. And it's it didn't do so well last week, but it, it went up this week. Why, why um, do you think that is, Richie? I, I think it becomes clearer what the um, president wants to accomplish. You know, like like his his agenda has been unleashed which has kind of happened here right so biden's saying lots of things putting in executive orders trying to figure out you know blah 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 you know he's leading with COVID, and that's mm-hmm. people think that's good but he's trying to do the stimulus thing so people are positive about that right um but i you know i would still be cautious only in the sense that um the 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 fundamentals of the stock market right now are still pretty pricey Meaning, you know, we have this price to earnings measure, which which is a big one that people like to use. Historically, when it's been 15 or lower, 
for the market. So like the S&P 500 has a PE, we call it PE for price to earnings, of 15 or lower, that's cheap. That's considered cheap because that means they're making, the companies are making a lot of money and the prices aren't reflecting it in their stocks. Right now, in some measures, that PE number is at about 24, which is high. That's definitely high. Like um, the last time it was this high was the dot-com bubble in 2000 and things did not work out well there. What's a good number for that? High teens to mid teens. Yeah. When, it, when uh, in the crisis, the financial crisis of 07, it got down to like eight or seven. And guess what happened? Stocks flew in Obama's first term. Flew. So, uh, you know, you, you can't go balls out, I don't think, if you got a market priced like that. Now, the counter argument that is the bond yields are still very low. So there's that Tina thing we like to talk about. There is no alternative. T-I-N-A. I didn't make that up, but I should have. Um, there's still that, that sentiment. Like, why the hell do I want to buy bonds at 1%? You'll never see you'll never see one of these Reddit dudes buy a bond ever, right? Like they're like, dude, we're we're talking like thousands of percent returns. What, why would you be with those dumb bonds? They suck. But as they and the last couple of days, which I've noticed, which is pretty interesting considering like the volatility in the last week and two of the stock market, you've seen the ten-year Treasury yields ticking up, tick 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 tick. Not crazy, not crazy crazy. Still very low historically, but. That means people are selling bonds for a reason. And I think it has to do with there's going to be a bigger deficit with these infrastructure plans and stimulus plans. Government's going to have to borrow a lot more money. So what could happen there is if rates really start to climb, now there is an alternative to stocks, bonds. Yeah. And that could, I mean, you could see that crack. You could see the stocks crack there. Yeah, so, that's the, it, I mean, I think you got to... We got a long way to go, and I, I look more at the front end of the yield curve. When we talked about the yield curve, we're from one month essentially out to thirty years. You know, two-year Treasury right now is 11, 11 basis points, point one one percent. That's going to have to, and the the Fed is in the Fed is really in control of a lot. Before all this craziness happened in two thousand and eight, the Fed. Um, is in charge of the front end of the yield curve. That's what it can, that's how it affects with monet, with policy, with actual actions. That's how the fed, that, that that's the part of the, the yield curve, the fed controlled. But since they started this quantitative, it's called quantitative easing. And since they started buying mortgage backed securities and treasuries all across the yield curve and their, their, um, their balance sheet used to be about $800 billion. And now their balance sheet is over seven trillion, so they're a bond, they're still buying, and they, and they had their meeting um, last week, right, to the twenty seventh, and they they came out every six weeks. The Fed has the Federal Open Market Committee. They meet for two days, and they come out and they they give their announcement, and they have a press con- the, the chairman has a press conference, Chairman Powell, and they have no no intention to stop or taper. They call it taper their buying programs, and right now they're buying eighty billion treasuries. A month, and they're buying forty billion mortgage-backed securities a month. Those are with B's. And to Richie's point, it's going to be a, there's going to be a part there when the ten-year gets a little too uncomfortable with all of this additional issuance. Because remember, the more the government borrows, the more the deficit grows. The more bonds they got, it the more borrowing it to do. I I could see the Fed increasing they, if they think the economy is still and it is in pretty rough shape. They could increase that buying of treasuries to, you know, from eighty billion to to hundred billion, knowing that they could turn it back to eighty billion to sit whatever they want. So the Fed has a lot of control over the of all interest rates right now. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, the 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 the, the ten years at one one sixteen right now, one point one six, which is you know that that's that's the highest it's been in quite a while, which is kind of a frightening statement, but. Um, We'll see what the Fed does. We're actually, you know, it's running into resistance right now as, as we speak. But, um, you know, that that's a lot of where monetary policy is. There's a lot of ammo aimed at that. So um, that's something to watch. It's really good for people that are into real estate and mortgages, right? I'm trying to get a mortgage right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, mortgage rates have been um, mortgage rates are certainly the lowest they've ever been. Um, I don't know if you can get a two and five eighths or two and a half percent thirty year anymore. Um, you might be, but the guys who made a gazillion dollars, where um, mortgage so the original mortgage bankers made a fortune, all on refinancing. When rates fall to this level, they don't have to do much work, and they made so much money. Um, and we won't get into the, the, the whole, the, the primary market is the, the, them making mortgages for you. And the secondary market is when those loans go into Freddie Mac, Fannie Mae and Ginnie Mae mortgage backed securities. But I'll just tell you that these guys were originating 250, $300,000 mortgages, fixed rate 30 year mortgages at a pop. So you originate, I lend you $250,000. So we'll call that par. They're selling these at one point at a four percent four point premium. No, no, no muss, no fuss. Because of what the Fed has been doing in the mortgage-backed securities market, they could take they could make a they could take a three a three percent mortgage, sell it into a two percent Freddie Mac or Fannie Mae security, and get paid four points to do it. And you just do that all day long. And these guys made quick and all they made a, a gazillion dollars doing this. Um, now that's good for, but you know, the refinancing is an extremely powerful tool, right? Because that puts more money into American consumers' pockets. Right. Um, you know, Richie talked about the K, the K shaped recovery where unfortunately people who don't have financial assets, don't have real estate, don't have homes and stocks and bonds, they're getting killed. But if you own a house, houses, um, you own financial assets like stocks, you're doing great. And even this, this was in a way to get money into people's pockets, just like in 2009 and eight, you know, when we came out of our last crisis, this is why I think we came out a lot stronger than Europe and Asia did, because we have the mortgage market and there's so many homeowners that got to refinance and they're putting, you're putting an extra $200 in your pocket every, every month. And that's, that, that, that provides a lot of juice to the economy. Sure. So, Richie, what are we looking at specifically for stocks? Yeah, I, I like the story about as we segue from the housing market, housing story, uh, new home starts have been awesome, too. And uh, again, the little guy who's not so wealthy is getting priced out, right? Because the, the materials to find the labor, the materials, all this stuff is like, rising in price so like the the pricing of these new homes is up there you know it's it's really hard to get a first-time house for a lot of people that have you know not accumulated a lot of assets over time but that that demand is there from others because this pandemic is moving people from the cities to the burbs right like right people want to want a space want you know don't want don't have to necessarily commute to the city all the time it's okay to live far away blah 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 so I like um, Toll Brothers, T-O-L, Tom, Oscar, Larry. Um, they're a home builder. They're on the higher end. Um, so I think they'll still continue, like Eric was saying, these guys who have assets, they're doing great, right? You, you got a white-collar job and you can work from home, you're, you're probably doing fine. You still got paid the whole time since this pandemic started. And, you know, if you're in the tech market, forget about it, right? It's, it's your stock portfolio of your of your company is probably flown through the roof. Think about the guys at like Apple or, or Tesla or Microsoft, right? If you own any kind of shares, you're rich, right? So uh, Toll Brothers is a good one. Uh, I also, going along with this, this uh, rising prices of commodities, um, good article in uh, Barron's the other day about how just all commodity prices might go up like silver, gold, oil, you know, all kinds of stuff, lumber, you know? So I actually like, uh, it's the, it's the ETF for natural gas, UNG, uncle Nancy Gary. Um, that's, that's been doing pretty poorly because the weather had been so warm until recently, right? Aaron? Uh, it's cold. It's cold, man. I only had to shovel a little bit. It was uh, here on the Jersey Shore. We got a little less than, uh, say, North the Jersey. Two feet for yeah, the they, guys inside. They yeah. got like two feet. Yeah. Yeah. So, so when it's popped, 
uh, the UNG stock has popped the last couple of days because they see that, right? They're like, oh, it's cold. Buy, buy natural gas. People are going to have to eat their houses. Unless you're Richie um, and I, we're, we're wearing our shorts in, in Texas and in Florida. Yeah. Right? yeah. Oh, although I, it's yeah. a little chilly down in Florida this week. Hate but you that, guys so much. Tomorrow. It's going to be 82 up where. Uh, oh, I hate you. Um, and then there's, you always got to have something negative to say about the stock market. So uh, I was looking at some of these um, non money making biotech things that have run a ton because they've had prospects of a good drug or something. These guys aren't even involved in the, in the vaccine for the COVID. They have other drugs for other things, but some of these stocks have just run so much. And a lot of times for a later date, we'll discuss like how I like to look at charts of stocks that go like this, go like this, go like this. That also helps me purchase and sell. So I want to short, uh, Maybe the Reddit guys are going to run me over. Are now you sure? Are you sure you want to do this? I'm shorting something. Uh-oh. It's, we're, uh oh. We're dropping these podcasts, Richie, so be careful. <laughs> <laughs> it's called uh, Kodiak Therapeutics, I believe. Or the, the, the ticker is K is in Kevin, O is in Oscar, D is in David. So it's not Kodak, but it's Kodiak. Kodiak, Kodiak Sciences. And uh, that one, yeah, I w- I'm going to short that one. Once we get off this call, <laughs> you better yeah, hurry, man. To, uh, it's popped to 143 today. Did it? Good. Yeah. Even better. Because I was Even looking better. at it yesterday at 137. Mm-hmm. Yep. So more for me. Come and get me, Reddit boys. <laughs>